All right, we've been talking about worship. We're just going to stay there a little bit longer, a few more weeks. I don't know how many more weeks. Um, Financial Peace University. Financial Peace University. If, uh, hey, Ron, if you missed last week and you were wanting to be there, now they've changed the time. They're doing it in the afternoon. It's at 1.30, which is different than last year. Um, Their intention is Ron and Sarah live way, way far away, about an hour's drive. And it's a lot to leave and then have to come back and then have to leave again. And they're trying at this time at 1.30. And I think it also will work out well for you. You can go get a bite to eat and then come back and get done and have the rest of your night for your family and for that time. So it's at 1.30. So if you missed last week but you still want to be a part of it, come an hour early at 12.30 here at the church and they'll catch you back up. Okay? Financial Peace University, a fantastic So if you've missed it and you still want to be a part of it, it's not too late. You can call Michelle. You can get on the website and sign up. Uh, There may even still still be a sign-up back there. I don't know if there is or not. But uh, Ron, wave at everybody. It's my drummer last night. You can talk to him because he'll be here after service. I know because I'm feeding him. So he'll stick around. Yeah. Uh, All right. And uh, finally, we are having another baptism this Sunday. And if you want to be baptized, call the church. Let us talk to you. Um, and we want to baptize you. It is scriptural to be baptized. Jesus did it. That's one reason. And he was without sin. How much more do we need it? Jesus said to do it. That's enough. Right? But also, it's a public declaration. Part of our walk with Christ is to let people know that you are a Christian. If you deny God... He'll deny you. So part of baptism is to come before the public and say, I have Jesus in my heart. And if you've not been baptized, you need to be baptized. Can I tell you, it's not just a Baptist thing. It's a Jesus thing. All right, good. I've got a few additions to our prayer list tonight. The first one is Teresa Carr with two R's, T-E-R-E-S-A, car, C-A-R-R. Just found out she has cancer, 42 years old. No cards, please. I want to encourage you, write these down. If, if that were you, you would want to be getting prayed for. Write it down, if you would, please. Next is Rick Wade, W-A-D-E. Yes cards on this, please. Tried to commit suicide at Vanderbilt with gunshot wound. So be sensitive on the card, but please fill out a card for Rick. Let him know someone is praying for him. Let him know someone loves him. Let him know that God loves him. Rick Wade. Next is Julie Thomas, just like it sounds. Was just in an accident, head-on collision on I-40, being flown to Vanderbilt. Please do cards. Julie Thomas. This next one is no cards. Ashley Haney. Just praying for a good uh, report on tests that she's having done, medical tests that she's having done. Ashley Haney. A couple more. Joseph Talbert, T-A-L-B-E-R-T. Cards, please. Six-week-old infant being tested for cerebral, cerebral palsy. 
Joseph Talbert, T-A-L-B-E-R-T. Got three more. Uh, what's Rita's last name? Yeah, but Reed Pickard. Rita, R-I-T-A, Pickard, P-I-C-K-A-R-D, P-I-C-K-A-R-D. This is Nancy Dalton's mother in, a, in ambulance on the way to hospital, possibly a stroke. She's been in uh, the nursing home. Rita Pickard. Uh, we don't, uh, Danny Whitson, this is the pastor of Perrin Methodist was in an accident, damage to his eyeball, praying for sight. Danny Whitson, W-H-I-T-S-O-N. One more. Dan- Danielle, D-A-N-I-L-L-E, D-A-N-I-L-L-E, Hayes, H-A-Y-S. Tumor and head removed, pray for no damage and complete recovery. Danielle Hayes. Now, in, in, the, in the flesh, this wants to get me down. In the spirit, it wants to reveal to me how much we need a God and how much we need Jesus and how much our, our nation, how much, our, how much this world needs the Lord. My God's a healer. He's a restorer. He's a redeemer. And I want to encourage you. Go home and pray. Be praying through the week. Fervent, effective prayer availeth much. Your prayer. Your prayer. Say my prayer. Availeth much. Thank you. Yeah, you didn't have to say that. But your prayer. My prayer. Fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Shows me that the righteous man needs to pray. Okay. Feeling heavy. Uh, he, uh, 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 a weightiness of God's spirit. Hebrews 13. Let's just read from that again. That's kind of been our scripture. Um, do I have a, do I not have a PowerPoint entering God's presence? It's not there. Okay. Well, at least we got notes. All right. Hebrews chapter 13, verse eight. Let's go to verse eight. I'm going to have a different version too. All right, everybody just bear with me. Jesus, oh, it's on your little sheet, isn't it? I'm going to start with verse 8. Jesus Christ never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't be fooled by any kind of strange teachings. It is better to receive strength from God's undeserved kindness than to depend on certain foods. After all, these foods don't really help them who eat. Now, if you look at your notes. But we have an altar where even the priests who serve in the place 
of worship have no right to eat. Verse 11, after the high priest offers the blood of animals as a sin offering, the bodies of those animals are burned outside the camp. Jesus himself suffered outside the city gate so that his blood would make people holy. Verse 13, that's why we should go outside the camp to, to Jesus and share in his disgrace. On this earth, we don't have cities that last forever, but we are waiting for such a city. Verse 15, our sacrifice is to keep offering praise to God in the name of Jesus. But don't forget to help others and to share your possessions with them. This too is like an offering is like offering a sacrifice that pleases God. Now, again, as we start to look here in this scripture, we see that as he's talking about praise, he approaches this whole issue of praise, if you can remember from two weeks ago, talking about a sacrifice. You remember the song, and again, I'm just going to repeat it, we bring a sacrifice of praise. The Hebrew writer compares praise and worship as he compares it. He compares it to a sacrifice. And tonight we're going to go into the Old Testament just a little bit more. But I want to give you understanding of the priest and the sacrifices and the sin offerings. And why the Hebrew writer would tell us that when we give a sacrifice of praise, that it fills the role of the priest in the Old Testament. So let's go back for a moment. Last week, two weeks ago, before Joe McGee came, we looked at four things that as the priest brought the sacrifice to God, what happened, what, what, what happened there that we can relate to praise. Let's start there. This is on your notes, and I filled in the first four. We did this two weeks ago. Praise is a sacrifice because, it, because by it we engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now, I gave you scriptures two weeks ago. You need to go back and download it. As we praise, as we worship, we battle. We're battling with Satan himself as we praise. Do you know it drives him away? And it, bring, it draws God to us. That he inhabits the praise. Well, Satan can't be in the same place as God. Satan's got to go. Are y'all with me? To, all right, all right. As we, as we bring a sacrifice of praise, we enter into the very throne room of God. He comes. It says that when we praise that same scripture, he inhabits the praises. Another translation says he is enthroned in the praises of his people. We come into the very presence of God. As we worship tonight, as we're here reading his word, we come into the very presence of God. Praise is a sacrifice because by it we confess the truth in a world full of lies. we sat here in, our, in this four songs that we did and confessed the Word. The Word was sent forth. And do you remember from Sunday, God is watching over His Word to perform it. And I believe that the Lord sends angels to this church when we're worshiping because His Word is coming out of your mouth and He is coming down here to perform His Word. It's what His Word says. Do we believe it? Finally, praise is a sacrifice because by it we connect with all of heaven's resources. Now, the high priest went into the Holy of Holies. He came before God for the people to confess the sin of a messed up society. Right? The Day of Atonement, he would go before, he would go into the Holy of Holies 
blood would be shed and he would, he would confess the sin of the people. And you know, it's there that, that the truth was shared. That's where honesty and repentance was brought forth. And when we bring praise to God, that's exactly what happens to us. As I shared with you a couple weeks ago on worship, we were looking in Isaiah. It says that when Isaiah saw God on the throne, what was his first response? Do you remember? Woe is me. I'm undone. I'm unclean. I live among people with unclean lips. Isaiah realized his sinfulness when he came into the Holy of Holies. When he came into the Holy of Holies. Such an effective thing when we genuinely worship. Because you know what's going to happen? God's going to clean you up. He's going to identify hurt in you that you didn't know you had. He's going to identify things in you that's holding you up. That he doesn't want to hold you up anymore. So many times in worship we get, we get down to tears. We get to feeling bad. Why? It's because God's trying to lead you to repentance. So that after we repent... We can genuinely rejoice. We can get these weights off of us and get free. We, we don't just sing songs in here because it's the first part and so that everybody can find their way to their seat so then we can preach the word. In my opinion, the worship is as important as the word. I have a hard time weighing the two. The word is, is important. I'm not, I'm not discounting that, but so is the worship. So is the worship. And, but let me just let me rephrase. It doesn't have to be done in music. We get messed up to think the worship's just the singing. No. It's us turning our hearts and preparing our hearts for how he, the Lord wants to speak. And so many times the Lord will speak to you in worship. Now, let me give you some background. Let's go to the Old Testament, the Old Testament sacrifice. If we could think Old Testament sacrifice right here in your notes, Old Testament sacrifice in your notes, write down animals. The Old Testament sacrifice would be animals for Old Testament. Because in the Old Testament, animals were sacrificed, the blood was presented to Jehovah God, and then the bodies were burned outside the camp. The tabernacle was a symbol of the presence of God. Let me help you because there are two major tabernacles, two major temples in the Old Testament. The first one is the one that Moses built. And the other one is the one that King Solomon built after King David. After King David had literally prepared the way. He had taken up all the money. He had taken up all the resources and everything else. But he didn't get to build it. Solomon did. And as we watch these two temples, I want you to see the progression. First of all, the tabernacle of Moses. The Tabernacle of Moses. It was situated on Mount Gibeon, G-I-B-E-O-N. Now I'm going to show you that there's a, there's, a, there's a method to my madness. It was situated on Mount Gibeon. Number two, it contained three areas. It contained three areas. The significance in that is that it contained the outer court, the inner court, and the Holy of Holies. If you've ever had any teaching 
on the tabernacle, the Old Testament tabernacle, you'll see, you can see a picture. You can see the outer court and then the inner court and then the Holy of Holies. And the significance there is that the Holy of Holies, only the priest could go in, no one else. He went in alone to sacrifice and to talk to God and to intercede for all of the children of Israel. So in the tabernacle of Moses, only the high priest could enter into the Holy of Holies. Number three, there was no singing in their worship. It was not a time of singing. It was basically a time of bringing forth a sacrifice and pleasing God by bringing him an unblemished sacrifice. And finally, it was based on law and on works. It was based on the law and on works. Obeying the law of God, it was based on what the people had done according to their works. You know what happened is when the, when the law was revealed, our sin was revealed. And also our inadequacy of fulfilling the law was revealed. Can you see that when the law was revealed, it revealed we needed something greater than ourselves because we couldn't do it. We had to have a Savior. Praise God, the killing of bulls and goats are over. Now, when you compare the tabernacle of Moses to the tabernacle of David, you begin to see, even in the Old Testament, that the sacrifice began to change. The the tabernacle of David was situated on Mount Zion. It contained only one area. Where the tabernacle of Moses had three areas, the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies, this one only had one area. Now, here's where it's significant. I want you to watch how praise, worship, and sacrifice starts to change. In this one area of the temple, all the priests could go. It was not reserved just for the high priest. Anyone that was a priest could enter into it. Do you know in this sacrifice, number three, there was joy and song and dance and laughter and clapping. David's tabernacle is a tabernacle of praise. David tore all of the stereotypes of the king down. And he was mocked even by his own wife. But he didn't care. What was in his heart had to come out. And we have the Psalms to thank him for it. I am so intrigued by David's life, how as a shepherd sitting out with the sheep, fighting off deadly animals, how the presence of God got in his heart like it did. He was a man after God's own heart. Was he, was he sinless? No, he was he, he, he did some pretty bad ones. <laughs> but he was a man after God's own heart. It, it just, um, you, you know, David, David didn't have the new covenant. But he pursued after God with everything in him. I don't know, it just, it, 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 uh, 
you know, we sang that song, Savior King, and it's about acknowledging what Jesus has done and turning our hearts to God. One, one scripture that's so significant about David is it says that he accomplished the will of God for his generation. Now, I think I fall very short of that, but that's something I would like to be said. It's the, the Lord would say that I gave everything I had to accomplish the will of God for my generation. I think that the Lord desires that from you that you would accomplish the will of God for your life, for your generation. But now they're allowed to come in. Do you remember? David was the king. He wasn't the priest, and he sat before the Lord. Do you remember? He sat before the Lord. And he danced and he leaped. He wrote songs and played the harp. And then finally, it was based on grace. And it was based on faith. A couple significance, major significance to compare between the two. That when the temple of David was built, the tabernacle of Moses still was at Mount Gibeon. Now you know what happened when Solomon left the kingship for the throne of Israel, the kingdom became divided. There were ten tribes made up of the northern kingdom and two tribes that made up the southern kingdom. Mount Gibeon was in the northern kingdom and they stayed and worshipped at Mount Gibeon. But the temple that was built, those for the southern tribes, the tribe of Judah, came to Mount Zion. And it was at Mount Zion, the temple of Solomon, the temple of David, that the people worshipped. And it was also there where they put the Ark of the Covenant. Do you remember that when David became king, he said, where's the Ark? Where is the presence of God? And he went to get it, and he got it the wrong way, and the wrath of God came out. Uzziah reached out and touched it, and he died. And David said, I think we ought to leave it here. If that could happen to him, it could happen to me. We've done something wrong, leave it here. And he went back and studied. That wasn't enough. How many of us, if something like that happened, we'd say, eh, I get the picture. I'm going to go over here. No, David went and studied and went and got it. And as they brought it in to the city, he danced before the Lord. That's the tabernacle of David. But that's where the presence of God was. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was, a, was significant because it was the presence of God. It contained the Ark, the two stone tablets of Moses, the Ten Commandments given to him on Mount Sinai, it was the very significant, it was very significant where the Ark of the Covenant was because that's where God was. So in the southern kingdom, they went to Mount Zion to worship God, and in the northern kingdom, they went to Mount, Mount Gibeon. In fact, they were very jealous and were not allowing people of the northern kingdom to come and worship at the southern kingdom. What's interesting is the people in the northern kingdom loved God. But where they worshipped, there was not the presence of God. They went through the ritual. They went through the liturgy. They went through the hoops. They did the things. They sang the songs. They did all the things. But the presence of God was at Mount Zion. The Ark of the Covenant was at Mount Zion. And when we begin to kind of look at these two places of worship in the Old Testament, 
it reminds me of, of, of the church. Scripture says that God inhabits the praises of his people. It doesn't say that God inhabits the songs that they sing. Don't tune me out. He inhabits the praises of his people. The song list is insignificant. I mean, it's important. But what's important is your heart. What's important is, 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 is it doesn't matter what we sing. I'm going to worship the Lord. I've come in here for one reason. That is to turn my focus to God. I've come in here for, for, for another reason is to connect to one another and to love on one another and to be a part of the body. Not separate myself. You know, when the enemy comes, he looks for the one that's separated. He's not going to go against the big group. He's going to go against the ones that are, are hanging out here on the side. Get, get, get in where the group is. That's, that's where, the, that's where the, the body of Christ is. It's connected. The body of Christ is connected to one another and it's connected to the vine. The Word of God will accomplish what it was set forth to do. God inhabits the praises of His people. You know, it's possible to go through the singing. It's possible to come into church and never have genuine worship. It is, it is uh, our worship team's desire. It's our deacon board's desire. It's our pastor's desire. I believe it's our church's desire that we invite the presence of God. It has nothing to do with style, even though we have a style. It has nothing to do with song selection. We could do it with no music. We could do it with no singing. I don't, I don't have to have a song to worship. You know, I did it today as I was, uh, all I got to do is just, all, it, it happens to me all day long. I start reading these prayer requests, and all that wants to come out of me is, Hallelujah, you are worthy, God. And I turn to you right now in Jesus' name. Come in your majesty. Come in your power and rescue us. You know what? That's a prayer, but that's also a praise. It does not have to be, our God is greater, our God is stronger. That Even though it's good. That's praise. Driving down the road and just saying, Hallelujah, Father, I praise you. I worship you. I lift you up. That's, that's who he inhabits. Listen, church, I've sang the songs and missed it. I've gone through the motions. We all do it. I try very hard now to identify where my heart is before I get going. Church, even as your pastor, every time I pull up here, I try to repent. I try to remember to repent for any thought I might have had, for anything I may have walked through, anything I may have done. I, I'm, not a, I'm not someone that's walking around just absolutely full of sin, but we, we, we fall down sometimes. But we need to repent 
And we need to call on God. He is looking to, to accomplish His Word. He is looking over His Word. Well, again, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm going to say that the rest of my life. I'm going to say it over my children. Elizabeth likes to pray, God, give them favor. Give them timing. Give them favor with their school administrators and their coaches and their, their authorities. Let them come under authority. God, give us a humble spirit because you give grace to the humble. Give me a humble spirit. I believe that when I acknowledge God's Word and I obey God's Word, that in itself is a form of praise. That's acknowledging Him and saying, I trust you enough to walk my life according to your Word. My life should be a sacrifice of praise. I am passionate about worship. I am passionate about a church turning our hearts to God. I am, I, I am passionate about us being in the Word. If you know anything about me, and I'll close with this, get, I, I have to have a system. I, Elizabeth will laugh at me, and not laugh at me, laugh with me, <laughs> kind of. It's kind of a tricky little thing there. But I like, I like, I'm a, I'm a, I like order. I, I like things laid in a row. I like, I like I, my Sarah Beth, my youngest, likes to lay her clothes out. She knows what she's wearing tomorrow. Some of my other kids don't care. They'll think about it in the morning. Maybe. They've got other gifts. But I needed a system. And the one-year Bible met my system. Changed my life. Maybe you don't need a system. Well, then what's your excuse? You'll come up with one, I promise. Satan will fight with everything in him to keep you from a regular time with God but you can't make it without it you can't have faith without the word you've got to have the word and we've got to get our faith up I feel like something so big in the spirit something so big in the church something so big in our community is about to happen God is still on the throne and you know what it's time God it's time. It's time for breakthrough in our kids. It's time for breakthrough in our schools. It's time for breakthrough in our churches. It's time for breakthrough at Tennessee Tech. It's time. Get your faith up and start slinging some rocks at some giants. David walked up and said, what is going on in this field? And all the men are hiding. Well, didn't you see what's out there? No, I heard. Who is this big doofus standing up there talking about God like that? Somebody go take care of that. Don't you know who God is? Army, let me show you who God is. This little hundred and nothing, five foot nothing, pretty boy. That's who my God is. Somebody, let's see if I can pick up a sword. Can you imagine him trying to pick up that sword? Chop that sucker's head off. Get to praise in church. It'll change what's coming out of your mouth. Get to praise in church. Y'all stand up with me and let's pray together. There's a great song called Lift Up Holy Hands. We've not done it in forever, but I just want to say it. And if you know it, say it with me. I'm going to see if I can remember it. Holy, wonderful, marvelous, glorious, omnipotent, Righteous and mighty, 
Lord, we lift you up, we magnify, we glorify, we uh, mess it up, exalt you, we extol you, we adore you. Hallelujah. Put it back up for me again, the beginning of the chorus. We'll just sing it. Holy, wonderful, marvelous, glorious, omnipotent, righteous and mighty. Lord, we praise you, we lift you up, we magnify, we glorify, we exalt you, we extol you, we adore you. Hallelujah. You know what? That'll do it. That'll do it. Father, we worship you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Get the praise coming out of your mouth this week. Let's see some breakthrough. We'll see you Sunday morning.